From the Summer Skate Studios, IcetimeHockeyWest.com presents the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, your hockey superstore with Three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. Central Oklahoma University, a top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson for lunch or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest. For tickets and schedule information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf. Play around. Food. Fun. Golf. Something for everyone at topgolf.com. Adrian College. Championship hockey culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos with Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey. Be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. San Diego State University Hockey. Sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. Jets Pizza. Go to jetspizza.com to find the location near you and create your own unique pizza with all of our different crusts and fresh toppings. And Oklahoma University Hockey. The action you crave only faster at ouhockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to this Wednesday, a uh, draft day Wednesday. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Palm Springs, California, where it's a balmy 104 degrees. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful championship Las Vegas, how are you, and is it warm in Vegas today, my friend? It is warm. (laughs) It is is warm. What are you doing on mute? Get off the mute. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm giving you a bad time. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's it's warm, but it's not as warm as it's going to be in a few days from now when we're finally going to hit 100 degrees. And not just 100 degrees, we're going to be 111. More weather that we're typically used to seeing this, this year in Vegas. We, 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 delayed, we delayed the heat by about oh about a month or so, which is just fine by me, but it's coming. And uh, it'll Can be- I tell you why that happened? There's a little thing going on called the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> yes, yes, and I really that, that, that delayed the heat for you. Yes, that, that helped. <laughs> that, it, that, that it wasn't so hot for the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but uh, yep, you gotten over the hangover yet of uh, being a Stanley Cup champion? There, I think so because we're already starting to see trade some guys. <laughs> schedules coming out. The the moves are already being made. We have the draft tonight. The, everything is going. It's like it's already. It's it's like you had to turn like a turn the notch real fast because it's now all of a sudden you're you're looking to next season. We already know when the first. We already know the schedule is going to be. We already saw the big trade that happened with uh, losing another original misfit. And then the subsequent deal after that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's already, seems like we're already going on to the next season here real fast. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of next seasons and the season after and after and after, um, we've got a great guest coming on in just a couple minutes. Uh, we've got the new head. And then I got to stop right here because this is really hard for me to say right now. I'm just not used to this. The new head coach of the women's hockey program at the University of Arizona. So let's not wait around. Let's bring on that new head coach. Caitlin Hogan is with us. Caitlin, Scott, and Stephen with you today. Thanks, first of all, for joining us on Draft Day. And uh, how are you and how are things in Tucson? I assume you're in Tucson? I am in 
Yusan. Thanks for having me. Um, it, they're hot, hotter than what you guys are experiencing. <laughs> we got a uh, 106 right now is with the temperature currently. <laughs> oh, that's only just the beginning of the summer down there, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Okay, so let's clear the air on all this right out the get-go. The first thing, when, when Coach Berman told me that they had hired a women's coach and he told me your name, and I said, well, that fits right in at Arizona, but you are not related to John or Toppy or any of the other Hogan's, Sean, any of those that passed through the University of Arizona, correct? Uh, that's correct, and it's funny because as I was researching University of Arizona, I was like, am I related to these guys? <laughs> So I just made sure to check my lineage a little bit, but no, I'm not related. Okay. It wouldn't be a bad, it wouldn't be a bad thing if you were, though. Those are some great guys to be related oh, to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you're going to be related now as you're going to have a tie to this University of Arizona program, so you'll be related in that way. That's true. <laughs> okay, so before we start talking about what your endeavor is going to be and what's already taking place, I guess, and already underway, let's talk about you and what you do. I, I You know, when when... Coach Berman and I were talking, I was like, she's impressive. And I'm going like, okay, well, let's start figuring out why she's impressive. But tell us what you do and what you've done so early in your life. Sure. You know, I, I always joke. I've, I've lived uh, three or four different lives um, thus far, and I'm, I'm only 35. So this is a new chapter in my life, I guess. But um, I was born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota. And by the age of two, I was on ice skates and you couldn't get them off me. I just wanted to be outdoors skating all the time. Um, I started playing hockey at age four and I played a lot of different sports growing up as well, but hockey was always my biggest passion, my biggest love. Um, and I also got into coaching really early in my in my life. When I was about 14 or 15, my dad, was, he's a teacher, my, both my parents are teachers and he was saying you know when you have a passion for something and you're you're given this gift it's kind of your duty to carry that gift on and teach the next generation and so i kind of took those words to heart and i would wake up at five in the morning i would teach our five and six year olds before i would go to high school and then i would spend the rest of the day at high school um it's just because i i love teaching so much i love coaching so much so um that was kind of my my upbringing and i was fortunate enough to get a division one scholarship for st cloud state university i played there all four years um i ended my my time there as the all-time point leading scorer of school history i still hold that title till to this day which is kind of cool um yeah and so after i graduated i was like i'm not i kind of want to see what the rest of the world has and i went to california my sister lived out there moved in with her and started working with the lady ducks hockey organization out in southern california in anaheim um i got involved there and it was pretty interesting i was actually just talking to somebody earlier from campus rec at the u of a about this that it, it it's a big difference from midwest hockey to southwest hockey and i'm not even going to just say west coast but the the supply and demand, as I'm sure you guys know, um, is a lot different from Minnesota ice rink wise to Southern California ice rink wise. And just seeing how that has a play on young women's development, um, even the, the boys side of the, the game as well. It's it's a different style of hockey out here. So I was fortunate enough to kind of get involved in that. Um, meanwhile, I was also trying to find my own footing. I majored in marketing from St. Cloud State. So I got a job in marketing, but I still had this passion for fitness and working out and playing hockey. And um, after three years kind of following that regimen, I was laid off from my marketing job and I was like, well, now what? So I decided to open my own fitness facility, kind of mesh my love for fitness and mesh my my undergrad for business together. And I opened up my own fitness facility in 2015 um, it has since grown substantially, and we moved into a larger building uh, just in time for COVID closures in 2020, uh, but we were able to survive that, and um, the building is still existing. My entire staff is currently running it, and I don't have to be there anymore, which is a, a great place for a business owner to be, um, which has led me to reaching out and kind of uh, branching out my feelers to look and see if I, how I can get involved in the the hockey world again. Um, and throughout all of that time, I also got involved in Olympic weightlifting. And 
was very successful in that. I went, I competed for Team USA for six years. I went to four Pan American um, championships. I went to one Pan American Games. I went to three world championships and I was an alternate for the 2006 and two, or 2016 and a 2020 Olympic team as well. So uh, that's um, that about does it. For, All right, Steve, Stephen and I are leaving right now because we can't compete with that. Does your resume stack up quite like that, Scott? <laughs> no, not not quite. Congratulations on all I that. Guess that's that, what you get from a Minnesota person <laughs> from Minnesota. But, you know, well, yeah, person, that that kind of just runs in the genes in Minnesota, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, Don't and stop. you know, I appreciate you coming on because a bulldog talking to a husky, you know, it's. <laughs> But whatever, that's that, that's cool. Let bygones cool. be bygones, you know? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, congratulations on all the success now. So I, I need to ask you this before. Stephen's got a ton of questions about, about U of A and all this. So, yeah. um, But I want to ask you first and foremost, how did this all come about? Because Chad and I have been friends for geez, seven, seven, eight years now. And I remember sitting in his office in the rec center, uh, I, I think it was an office. Maybe it was a meeting room. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we sat and chatted about uh, what his plans were at the University of Arizona. And he was telling me, boy, we got to do this. We have to do that. And th these are my goals. And and I'm, so, I'm saying, so uh, I, I love that, Chad, but look around where you are. Um, and he goes, yeah, I know. There's a ton of challenges. It's the ice time. It's traveling. It's doing this. It's doing that. Um, but but my heart's here and I, I want to do this. I want to make it better. And then, then he, uh, as he went along, he kept telling me all the improvements and things that were happening. And the fact that this new building was coming on board and I was there for the announcement a couple of years ago now, just about. And, um, as we were talking about that, I, he goes, you know, we want to start a women's program. We really do. We want to have a sled program. We want to have multiple boys programs, uh, or men's programs. So how did they reach out to you or how did you find them and how did this all become? It's a it's a very funny story because I look back now and I'm like, man, I can't believe how this kind of all came together. It just seemed to work so well um, right off the bat. So I've been coming back and forth from Southern California to Tucson for probably the last ten years or so. I have I have family here, so I've kind of I've come to come to love um, the Tucson area because I really didn't spend much time. I mean, when you're playing competitive ice hockey, like I'm not going to just make my way down to Tucson back. 20 years ago um there wasn't any hockey down here so i've i've kind of been back and forth from southern california to tucson and once we got to this point in my business where i can kind of just step away from the gym i was thinking like i really do want to start working with athletes again um i find they're the hardest workers and they respect what i have to to teach them because they just want to get better and i feel like that's where my um my experience, my knowledge really will thrive. So I was looking for different job opportunities at the U of A, even looking at the football program, seeing if they were looking for any strength and conditioning coaches um, and kind of just putting my feelers out. And I stumbled on the men's team and on the website was that picture of the wildcat with women's hockey. And I was like, what? So I clicked on that. And I was just wondering, I was like, man, I wonder if they need a strength and conditioning coach because that would be perfect. I know hockey better than anybody and I could really help them. And I'm sure if I just see Coach Berman on the list, I'm sure he has a hard time with not being able to spend much time with his players in the strength training world. So I actually um, direct messaged them on Instagram because I was like, I don't know who to reach out to. So I was just curious if they needed a strength and conditioning advisor or a coach of any sort. Um, and then Coach Berman emailed me and was like, can I get you in contact with uh, Troy Vaughn over at Campus Recreations? And I was like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. So I got on a call with uh, Troy, the director of Campus Rec, and was a Zoom meeting initially. And as he was talking, I was like, I have a feeling he's, he is considering me for the head coach role of this women's team and not a strength and conditioning coach. So after speaking, he was like, we're looking for a coach and I think you'd be a great fit. Here's kind of the process that we're looking at and the timeline that we're looking at. So just something to consider. And after getting out the call with him, I was like, I really do miss coaching ice hockey. I had taken kind of a six-year gap when I was competing in Olympic weightlifting and not a gap from coaching, but a gap from coaching ice hockey. And I was like, I, I feel like this would be a perfect fit for me 
and learning more about the program, I, I just couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. There's so much room for growth in the community. There's so much room for growth for women's hockey and the university has never even delved into the women's hockey side. So it's such a great opportunity. I'm so thankful that everything worked out the way that it did. And I'm now put in this role. She set you up perfectly, Stephen. Dig in. <laughs> well, well, I, we know what's coming for for University of Arizona. They're going to be getting a new building here in a few years. You're, so you're now going to be kind of part of this, this, this really resurgent growth of the program. And so how cool is that as you come in now and you have a year or so to prepare before the you open up play, and then a few years even later from that, you'll be playing in, in that beautiful uh, building that's being built in Tucson, that you kind of are part of this this part of this movement there in, uh, in, in, in Arizona. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool opportunity. And I even, I've been thinking about this more and more. I'm starting recruiting now because we're initially planning our first season to be the 2024, 25 season. And that whole season is going to be in the TCC. And we're not even sure what our locker room is going to look like, or if we're going to be able to keep the women's equipment there. There's so many unknowns so far that we have to kind of, um, navigate before we get this great opportunity and being in this new rink. So I keep telling the girls that I speak with and those that I'm interested in kind of discussing more about being on the team that this is going to be a very unique opportunity. One, because we have an entire year to plan and prepare for our first season. But two, this is really going to be seen as like an underdog team as we first come in. I really don't think anybody's going to, to, think that we're going to be competitive right off the bat because we've never had a team before. But we have such a great opportunity to come together as a team, work through these, I'm not even going to call them unfortunate events because the TCC is a great facility as well. And we're so excited to play there too. But it is going to be very different showing the the renderings of what is to come for this new building and being like, we need to start here. We're going to play here. We're going to grow as a family, grow as a team. And once we do that, when we're in this new facility, the entire community is going to be aware of the women's side of the game. Yeah, really good points. Um, by the way, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Has just taken number one by Chicago. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. If, if, that was a, if that was a shock, if that, if that was a shock, right? <laughs> so, yeah, okay. exactly. Now back to our uh, regularly scheduled podcast. <laughs> okay, nice job, Stephen. Uh, anyway, so, Caitlin, have you, have you had any conversations yet with Greg Powers up at ASU? I know they're bitter rivals with U of A, but uh, what he underwent uh, seven, eight years ago now uh, to get his program off the ground and the way he recruited knowing that he had Oceanside Ice Arena. I don't know if he'd been there or heard of it before it was destroyed, but anyway, um, <laughs> all of those things that he had to go up against and he's kind of laid a roadmap for, for ACHA men's teams that want to advance to um, uh, to the NCAA level and kind of told them how to do it and um, I'm just curious, have, have you reached out to him or have you heard anything from him about how you go about this or maybe with some of the women's programs, Lindsay Ellis up there? You know, I, I haven't. I've talked to Lindsay a little bit. Um, I believe she's going to be the one that is helping us kind of get prepared to enter into our um, conference. So I've talked a little bit to her. I haven't met with them at all in person, but that ideally is the goal. I mean, what I keep telling Chad is if if we keep – putting together teams that can't you can't turn away and everybody is just coming to the games and we keep filling the seats. We, the university really can't shy us away in considering taking us into the NCAA level if that's something that we're, we're interested in the future. So it'd be very interesting to hear kind of how they went about. I've read some articles about ASU and how they've transitioned into that Division I um, type role, the NCAA Division One type role, uh, but I haven't yet had a chance to talk in person to them. Okay, so uh, from that perspective, you talked a little bit about the TCC. It's a beautiful building, a lot of seats, a lot of room, but it's got a lot of, um, what should I say, dates booked? <laughs> between what they do on the ice and off the ice. And, and Chad always talks to me about that. It's like they don't even get ice early, but you have a, a different kind of um, background in, in strength and conditioning. So mm -hmm. I guess you're kind of looking forward to getting the girls out there and doing some things off ice too, right? 
Definitely. And uh, I've kind of dealt with that too, just like I mentioned in, in Southern California, the first day that I got my um, Lady Ducks team, I coached a 14 and under team. They were like, you're going to be sharing ice with the 16 and under team. And I was like, great for just this practice. And they're like, no, for the entire season. <laughs> and I was like, what? I have to figure out how to develop my team on half a sheet of ice. And they're like, yeah. Then I was like, how do we work on neutral zone transitioning? Like if I don't get the full neutral zone and just learning how to kind of work around that, having half the ice sheet, but then also coming up with different ways to work on film, uh, work on strength and conditioning. We can even utilize the, the campus rec center on campus to develop plays, take my power play out there and really work and see how we can work together moving up and down just a field. You don't necessarily need the the rink to be able to do that. Um, so there's some things that we can do. Uh, the TCC is a business. They have to make their decisions on what is better for, for them financially, but we'll make do with it and we'll, we'll take whatever ice we can. <laughs> All right, Steven, you're up. Yeah, so I want to ask about the ACHA and just uh, I don't know how much you you followed the ACHA at, before you you got this this role and and uh, just what what you know about it and and how excited are you to be become part of the ACHA on the women's side and uh, it, you know and just as you watch it now this next year as you get your team together and get ready to play in a year from now. Yeah, I was not very aware of it to be honest. Um, we had a club team at St. Cloud. We would go and kind of watch their team, cheer for them. I was friends with a lot of girls on the team, um, but I didn't really do any sort of research. Um, when I was a coach for the Lady Ducks, I didn't even really take care of that much recruiting. Any recruits or any coaches that came to me in interest with my girls, I gave um, the information to the director and she talked to them directly. Um, so I, I didn't know much about it. Um, but once I was kind of being considered for the role, obviously I looked into it. Um, I can tell you pretty much every night since then, I've watched some form of ACHA old uh, women's games to prepare because I need to do my job as a head coach to be competitive and to see the best of the best. And I mean, we have a five-time national champion that is just sitting on this women's side. So to be able to watch them play kind of, look and see the level of play that we would have to have as a team um, has helped me understand just the seriousness of ACHA level. It's an amazing game. And I think people write it off as, as a club sport of just this kind of playing for fun type thing until they see it themselves. Cause that's exactly how I was for sure. But I'm excited to be a part of ACHA and even be able, being able to start off as a division one team is a very unique thing. Most teams have to start, um, division two, II, division three, and kind of work their way up. But with our, us having a men's program and also a handful of women's programs nearby, they kind of made it a, an exception for us. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good stuff. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When uh, Lindsay Ellis started the Arizona State program, so to be ready for this because <laughs> she was she was showing me her car with the boxes of jerseys, and she said, "You should see my house. It's like I've got jerseys laid out all over, and I didn't really have a place to go. We didn't have a locker room, and all of these different things." And um, and she built a team. And the first couple of years, she had so few numbers she said i can't work on a penalty kill or a power play because i don't have enough players and all of a sudden this whole thing is kind of snowballed now and last year when they made their first trip to the national tournament i visited with her before they went and she said you know it, it's really unique that i have all these players from all over now <laughs> i have yeah. i have canadians i have michigans i have minnesotans i have from massachusetts i'm from all over and um, it's not a hard sell to sell the desert in the wintertime. So <laughs> I'm guessing that'll be a big focus point for you as you get ready and you're recruiting and start bringing people down to say, hey, you know, you can have the greatest game in the world in ice hockey and do it right here in the desert. Absolutely. And I also tell them, you know, it's usually 20, 15, 20 degrees cooler in Tucson than it is in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. There you go. It's not brutally hot. <laughs> okay. And have they told you anything yet about this rivalry between uh, Arizona and Arizona State where there has to be uh, a real battle? Um, I've heard all about it from Coach Berman, but 
I'm, I'm under, I fully understand rivalries. You know, I played for St. Cloud State. Every team in Minnesota, Mankato, University of Minnesota, uh, Duluth, like they're all rivals for us because we're trying to show up who's the best in the state. So understanding that, like I fully understand it. I am accepting of it and I'm looking to, I'm looking forward to competing in it as well. <laughs> all right, Stephen, I get the breaking news logger now because um, I, just uh, I, I just fell off my chair. Uh, as, I, as you know, I'll be covering the Anaheim Ducks this year for us as I'm yeah. out here now. And uh, I fell off my chair because Leo Carlson is the newest duck. Nothing against Leo. He's a great player. But, man, Adam Fantilli is uh, off the charts, one-of-a-kind, huge center. And as long as we got somebody on here that knows strength and power, Adam Fantilli is one of the very, very best. And (laughs) Your thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts, Coach, on that? (laughs) Um, I am very surprised on that choice, actually. But uh, that'll be an interesting thing. I wonder what they're – what the ducks are looking for here speed um, well must be something to go along with a guy named zegris is all i can say <laughs> yeah i would just get a big guy next to zegris <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i would have done but whatever i'm not i'm not in there so well, okay got to be salivating right now because they have fantelli is open for them to take <laughs> yeah, maybe the coyote is going to make a trade for that anyway okay we digress go ahead steven <laughs> um yeah so i guess as you you know, as you go over this next this next year, and you get your team together, like, well, how, what are you looking for as you go out and recruiting, and just the type of players you want to have on your team, and the and the identity that you want to kind of establish in the culture in Arizona? Sure, that's a it's a great question, and I think it's one that I I don't take uh, lightly because starting this team off right year one is going to set this team up right for the following years. And I know Berman came in and he kind of had to deal with a little bit of um, animosity and some hardships on his team. And he really had to reestablish culture. And I think that's an even more challenging thing to do. So starting this culture off right is extremely important to me. Um, I am, I'm by far not a, a large human being. I'm five foot one. Uh, back in my college days, I was 135 pounds. Now I'm a little lighter. Um, but my entire game was centered around um, resiliency and grittiness. I did not give up. If you talk to any one of my coaches or any coaches that played against me, um, I'm like that gnat in your ear that just won't go away. So that's kind of the the style of play that I set my systems up is we support one another, we understand the systems, we understand everyone else's role so we can kind of interchange. So that means I need offensive-minded defensemen, I need forwards who are willing to kind of step back and cover for the offensive defensemen. Um, But the biggest thing is I, I like players who are resilient, who are gritty, they're not afraid to get dirty in the corners, and they just won't give up. Um, those are the main indicators that I look for in an athlete. And then I also obviously just want good people. Um, these players are student athletes, first and foremost, they have to get good grades, they need to be able to multitask. Um, being set up in the TCC, we don't have the same exact ice time every single day, we are most likely going to have to take multiple times throughout the day throughout the week to try to get workouts in as well just to kind of work around people's schedules so i need girls who are willing to work hard for this team um, who are willing to make some sacrifices in their uh the college lifestyle as well because this is all about being a team and working hard together so that's really what i look for in in terms of recruiting is players who are resilient who don't give up and um have have some speed in their back pocket too okay that's uh that's a great mindset i want to ask you this um coach berman told me that one of the things he really likes about looking for players out there is that he can offer them a big university um program uh of education and things like that and and maybe the campus life but yet a small cultural type of hockey environment so you can play great hockey at a good level, and yet get a great education. You don't have to go to a Division three school or a small school anywhere. And your opportunities for, for business or whatever it might be 
um, lie ahead at the University of Arizona. So how much of a uh, tool are you going to make that in your recruiting? Oh, I play off that every time I talk to somebody because I think that's really important. Um, when I was being recruited as an athlete, I went to pretty much every school you can imagine. I went out east and visited a bunch of schools. I was asked to visit all of the schools in the WCHA. Um, and the main reason I chose chose St. Cloud is it was close closer to home, so my parents could come and watch me play. Um, but it was a smaller school, and in hindsight, the division or the men's hockey and women's hockey is the only Division One sport at St. Cloud State. All of the other sports were Division Two or Division Three, uh, which was a very cool environment for hockey. But as a sports fan, I really didn't. I couldn't go and watch a basketball game and have it be that University of Arizona basketball style, or I couldn't go to a football and have the support that the U of A football team has. So it wasn't that, that like big school feeling um, that the University of Arizona has. So even myself, I see that and I see the benefit of it and being able to have an amazing hockey program, an amazing facility coming up. And then also just this amazing town and community to be a part of that supports and backs their Wildcats like it's a professional team. Like it's a such a unique environment to be around. Steven, you want to follow that one up? Yeah, so I guess we, we guys are just starting off at the uh, ACHA level, this program, but is has there been discussions already or is there even any aspirations of maybe eventually maybe even making this an NCAA program? I've chatted, chatted with Chad a little bit about NCAA and eventually tran transitioning it over. I think both of us would be excited to have that opportunity come to the University of Arizona. Um, I think it would be an amazing addition to uh, NCAA hockey as well, if, since ASU has a program to be able to play ASU and University of Arizona all kind of in the same trip, very similar to Denver and Colorado College. Um, it would be really good for the state. I think it would be really good for Arizona hockey in general. It's definitely something that we would be willing to undertake for sure if that opportunity came up. I think both of us are focused so much on making each individual season successful, that that is kind of in the back of our mind, but not something that we're proactively seeking right now. Yeah, well well said. Coach told us that a couple of weeks ago when we had him on too. He said, <laughs> I want to be the best that I can, that we can be at the level that we're at and if things turn from there. Um, so speaking of things turning from there. Oh, the update, Adam Fantelli, number yeah. three to Columbus. So there, Breaking there. news, there we go. <laughs> we knew it. <laughs> okay, I'm moving to Columbus to cover them. I'm, I'm not. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway um, so you've seen the plans, I'm sure, of this, this new fantastic three-sheet uh, building that's going up and the fact that it is primarily a U of A building. Um, when you started looking at that and kind of grasping it, and I'm sure you have over time now, but um, your thoughts on that and how much it's not only going to be a benefit for your team and for the University of Arizona, but for the entire community and, and bringing in kids that, that have had to drive to, to Phoenix or wherever to, to play hockey, especially the girls program. If they wanted to play. That's the only place they could go. Yeah. And it, even just, just thinking about it now, like I still kind of get chills because uh, to me, like, sharing hockey with the community is so important for the development of a program. If you have girls in Tucson who have never seen hockey, have never heard of hockey, they're never going to try it. The only reason that they would try it is one outspoken girl that just says she wants to play hockey, or maybe her brother goes to, to Phoenix and she wants to play as well. So the development of this, this facility is going to be so crucial for the continual growth of this program, of the women's program, um, and the men's program alike, being able to kind of build amazing hockey players in Arizona, in Tucson, and giving them a place that they actually can play and call home. Um, when I first came on a tour and kind of met with Berman and Tanner and Troy, um, Berman was telling me that there's no pro shop in Tucson at all. So if you want to buy some equipment, if you want to get your skate, skate sharp and you got to go up to Phoenix and having that kind of click in my mind was so unbelievable to me because 
there there used to be vending machines in Minnesota that you could put your skates in and <laughs> yeah. they would spit out sharp. And, and I try to tell people that and they don't believe me out here. But um, just coming from that background of hockey was everywhere in Minnesota and it was something that you always had an opportunity to play. But here it's just not even it's it's not even relevant to some people. So having this rink is going to be so crucial for the growth of the sport in general. Okay, the other side of that coin is there are a few diehards, and I'm sure you've already met them or they've reached out to you, uh, that will say it's way overdue. Uh, we've been driving our daughters to, to Phoenix for a long time, and this is way overdue, and we can't wait to get started and all of that stuff. So anybody that stands out to you right now that said, like, hey, we're behind you 100%. I'm sure there's a few people. Oh, man. You know, it. there's definitely a handful of people for sure, and I actually just got – Right before getting on the phone with you guys, I was on the, a call with the advisory board for the women's hockey um, in the U of A. And there's a handful of people on that advisory board who have young young ladies that play and they're located in Arizona. And they've just been pushing so hard for this to, to come into fruition. So to be able to meet this advisory board, kind of, we, are, we met on Zoom, but I'll say face-to-face um, and just kind of thank them for their continual support and their continual push in this program. Um, But I can't tell you the amount of support that's come nationwide. I've had, as soon as I took this job, I had probably 62 emails of interested women looking to play for the team. So I've been sifting through those emails and kind of reaching out to these women, making sure that I'm watching video of them playing just so I can make sure that my recruitment is, is, uh, all-encompassing for sure so uh, there's been hundreds of people that have been supporting this all right so i gotta give you one more um on this one but it's not about players only it's not about administration only but it's about building a coaching staff and you probably know chad's had to do uh quite a bit on his own (laughs) uh there was a time and i don't know if he's told you the story if you know it but uh steven knows it well because uh being a unlv guy um chad got removed let's just put it kindly he got removed from the game uh before (laughs) they went to overtime and they didn't have another coach and he was like (laughs) you know he was like how am i going to run this team um (laughs) so so it's it's a numbers thing. So how do you go about building uh, a coaching staff and what kind of coaching staff do you want to have and what will you have? Right. Um, it's definitely, I'm not even sure if we're going to have a, a secondary coach in this first year, just as we kind of get off the ground. Um, it's not something that I'm looking for right now, mainly just because of funding. Um, if somebody's looking who has hockey experience, who I get along with, um, who kind of supports the style of play that, that all incorporate in the team and they're willing to volunteer. I would definitely be willing to, to speak with that person, but I'm a little more laid back as than coach Berman. So I don't know if I would get kicked out of the game, <laughs> but I actually haven't even thought of that. So I'm glad you bring this up because that is important to have um, a backup plan for sure. But uh, I think the the coaching staff has to be supportive of the team environment. And I said it when I was speaking with the team, they're resilient, they're good people, they have good character. Um, I have been coached by so many different types of coaches, different attitudes, different um, frustration levels. They would exhibit their frustration in different ways. I've never been a type of coach who who yells, who gets, I'll definitely yell from time to time, but I'm uh, not somebody who belittles people. I've been coached by coaches like that. So there would have to be somebody who's willing to be patient, um, who's willing to work with these young ladies, because we have to understand that we're trying to make them, yes, better hockey players, but really we're trying to make them better people and more resilient people, able to kind of think for themselves, be accountable for their own actions. I think those things are, they're developed from the leaders that are around and my coaching staff would have to support that, that mentality at all times. So those are kind of the, main factors that I would look for in a, in a coaching staff. You never thought this was going to be like a full interview process, did you? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been through a handful of interviews, so I enjoyed the questions. (laughs) I I told you before you came on that we like to have fun and laugh. So, uh, (laughs) um, 
Speaking what of, is Steven? Let, let me do another draft. One more draft update here. William Smith was just drafted number four to San Jose, and they were playing. And I just had the broadcast on. They started playing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air music. <laughs> of course they did. So he'll be the Fresh Prince of San Jose, I guess. <laughs> of course he did. Okay, uh, I promise we won't keep you much longer, Caitlin. We appreciate your time as always. Uh, but uh, I do want to ask you uh, if you can tell the people down here in the Southwest, and we have. We have listeners all over the world, as you would expect with a podcast, but um, sometimes they don't really fully grasp. I mean, I've been here in Coachella Valley with the Firebirds, and, um, you know, Jessica Campbell is on the staff here, and um, and she kind of stays in the in in out of the spotlight, I guess. And I, I talked with her uh, right before the, uh, the finals here, and I, I asked her, I said, you know, you've been really dominant on your power play and the guys tell me to a man that that your power playing so anyway it, it's it's a different scenario but if you can tell people a little bit about growing up in minnesota and, and the girls hockey and hockey in general and talk to them about what it's going to take to really build a fan base of of really hardcore if you will hockey fans and hockey players yeah um i i think i came up uh, or I grew up in the perfect time for women's hockey because I started playing when I was four and I specifically remember my dad allowing me to stay home from school to watch the first women's Olympic team play in uh, Nagano and I saw them all get the gold medal hung on their neck and I was like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen just a massive group of women playing hockey because when I played, I only played with boys. And so I went back, I played on my boys team. I had one girl join our team when I turned, I think, six or seven years old. And then an amazing thing ho- happened with high school state hockey, which in Minnesota is, that's our Stanley Cup right there. Um, they had a girls high school hockey tournament. And I was a young kid when they first incorporated the girl side of the game, my dad again took me to that game and it was in this old barn that was on the fairgrounds. I don't know if anyone has ever been to the old um, Minnesota high school hockey tournament, but it was such a cool thing to see numerous teams representing their high school and it was all girls. And that's back when Chrissy Wendell, Natalie Darwitz were playing on their high school teams. So I was able to watch them, and they were thriving and kicking the crap out of the other girls. And I was like, that's what I want to do right there. Like, I, I think I have to switch to girls hockey so I can play in this high school hockey tournament. So at age 11 is when I switched to girls hockey. And I started to develop through that. Um, I also played in the, the high school state hockey tournament. We lost in overtime in the championship game my sophomore season. So that still is a heart wrencher, which shows you how cool and how unique that high school um, experience is for this, the athletes in Minnesota. But coming from that and growing up where you don't really see many girls playing, then I saw a lot of girls playing. Then I competed against those girls, and then I was able to play um, for Division One NCAA Division One team of women as well. Um, and I kind of seen all different facets of that. And so coming here to Tucson where we have the girls that are playing, we just don't have the opportunity for them to play on all girls teams, or they have to go to Colorado to play on all girls teams or go to the Kachinas and play all girls teams. They have to kind of seek out these all female teams, but being able to have Tucson as kind of a hub with this brand new ice rink for the development of the girls program is going to be so beneficial. And I think you're going to see that growth and kind of that backing of how cool the sport of hockey can be and how unique it is. Um, it's, it's not like any other sport. I mean, one, you get out of the heat that's down in Tucson, you get to go <laughs> sit in a uh, nice ice rink, like who wouldn't want that? <laughs> but two, it's just such a cool environment. It's, I know there's the nuances of the games, the offsides, the icings, the penalties that when you first go and watch a game, you may not understand, but it, it's a simplistic game. It's fast paced. It's fun to watch. I think as soon as we can get people in to watch it, they're always going to come back. I've never heard of anybody come and watch a hockey game and say like, yeah, it's just not for me. It'll be that, uh, the field of dreams, the, if we build it, they'll come. <laughs> 
All right, Stephen, you got one final one for Caitlin? Yeah, I just want to give you a chance to, to tell people if they want to get involved with the program, maybe help out on the financial side, or, or maybe if they're interested in, you know, in, in any way to help or be a part of the program, how can people reach out to you and, and, uh, and, and get, their, get feelers out there? Yeah, absolutely. So fundraising is going to be huge for us this this first uh, season, definitely for us, also for the men's side as well. Um, you can find us on right now. We're working on getting our own website. Um, you can find the the men's team. They have their own website. I believe it's ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Um, there is a women's side on there as well. Any information in terms of recruiting, if, if anybody's interested in playing on the team, trying out for the team, um, looking for more information to be on the women's team, they can also find the recruiting form on that website. Um, but I'm also taking any open questions, any conversation starters, please contact me directly. My email address is Caitlin Hogan, C-A-I-T-L-I-N-H-O-G-A-N at Arizona.edu. Um, and I will take anyone's questions or information about fundraising. I would be happy to give more information. All right. My final one is uh, we're going to break news right here. Okay. So uh, tell us who the first person you signed. I know you've got to have somebody in the in the pipeline already, right? You know what? I don't. I oh, don't. man. I know. And I'm, I've been holding off. I definitely have <laughs> a few who I'm interested in. Likewise, they're interested in. I do have a Division One goalie transfer um, that's coming to U of A next year. She's starting um, her schooling in the 2023-24 year. So she'll be down here. Um, so I've been speaking with her, but I have officially not signed anybody or taken any official commitments because I want to make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row before <laughs> I start doing that. <laughs> Totally get it. Well, best of luck in, in the whole process. By all means, you're welcome. Anytime you want to come back on the show, as Coach Berman always is as well. So uh, we're going to look forward to following you and seeing what things happen uh, over the next year or so. And then when you get on the ice, of course, um, think of us because we're going to be around there with the camera somewhere. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's the new head coach of the new women's program at the University of Arizona, Caitlin Hogan, joining us. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, talk a little more American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast in just a couple of minutes. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, and first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey at a big school hockey field with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast 
and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move! Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie score! Gail McCarr. Gail McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 Hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you, and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. Indeed it is, the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Palm Springs, California. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, the, the draft the keeps rolling on. How about they, the, the Coyotes continuing to shock, make shockwaves with uh, their pick at number six, Dmitry uh, Simashev out of Russia? Yeah, Okay. <laughs> Especially with everything that's going on right now with it, Russia and Ukraine, it's, it's interesting that they would go this way. But it, they, they see value in this guy here it, for the Coyotes. It, exactly. And uh, if you want to ask um, George McPhee and the guys from Vegas how it's turned out with uh, Russian-born players, um, it it hasn't worked out particularly well <laughs> uh, for the number of players that they've drafted and been able to get over here. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, the draft going on. Uh, the Coyotes pick is in. They're in, doing the introduction part of that right now. So we'll see how that all comes out. Uh, I'm still shocked. Look at that, I, I Adam Fantilli. I love that they're all wearing that uh, 
that red or whatever they're wearing their suits there they're all oh yeah yeah that's solidarity there for the coyotes (laughs) absolutely absolutely the only way to do it okay um The uh, Tennessee State program has made an announcement that they uh, are going to be starting an ACHA program with the intent of eventually becoming an NCAA program. Tennessee State, how's that for moving up and being bold? I'm sorry, you saw that. I'm sure you saw that coming. That is, uh, hey, that's just great. that's that's fantastic though. More, more, uh, more teams getting into the mix, and and of course, more teams that join the ACHA ranks can eventually maybe lead to more teams in the NCAA level, which would be great for everybody to have more talent there. And and uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great thing to to see. Well, you know, my co-host on the NCAA side of things, Paul Hornstein, is chomping at the bit to get talking about this because anything he can find to uh, to get on, he's uh, he's going to get on with if, if it means growing the game in any uh, shape or form. So we'll definitely be talking about this throughout the summer and as things develop. He just he just said in the he just said in the chat that he hasn't seen any of the quotes yet, but supposedly uh, to jump in twenty six. Okay, there you go. That that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's why we have him uh, listening to the show, so he can keep us advised of what's going on. <laughs> and we're doing and we're doing the show at a reasonable hour. For him. Yeah, and he's uh, he's off of school now, so he doesn't sleep. You know, it's just land sharks and summer skates and going to the beach <laughs> and doing all that good stuff. If you know, no, that's what you're doing out there. Not yet, California. not yet. No, I'm I'm working still. Uh, some of us got to uh, do some work here. And right now, I'm seeing oh, a great okay. clips ad, and boy, do they need to. Uh, Take a take a something to my hair. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, when are you gonna get your hair? You know, it? Paul Hornstein has that that big, um, beautiful estate. So uh, when he kicks back and and you know relaxes, he's got the servants around. And did I tell you he's got a fire pit? Did you know that Stephen's got a fire pit in the backyard? That's big time, right? Fire pit. Somehow I find that hard to believe. No, he's got one. I saw it. He's got a fire pit. And his backyard, you can't even see through it. The, the the trees are so thick in the backyard that you can't even see through it. So definitely security is at a high level uh, right next to the Hamptons. Well, yeah, we can't have anything happen to him. He's very he's very valuable. <laughs> he's almost as he's almost as valuable as the president of the United States. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Okay, um, you threw something at me earlier today. You said, uh, and by the way, Caitlin was awesome, huh? What a what a great interview. Oh yeah, we didn't even yeah we didn't even follow up with her. Yeah, that was a great interview. She, boy, you talk about somebody that's got a lot of uh, who who'd be hard to fit hard pressed to fit all that on one page of a resume. Uh, she uh, she certainly has a lot of lot of accolades and credentials in her career so far. And she's a Minnesotan, so what do you expect, right? I mean, yeah, well. And, and we'll leave this. We'll leave the uh, the Saint Cloud thing out of that too. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that makes Nick Max and our resident Saint Cloud uh, aficionado and uh, alum. Uh, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he'd, he'd love, he loves. That. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, and speaking of former Coyotes, we won't hold. We won't hold that. We won't hold that against. Speaking you. of former Coyotes, Daniel Briere, the GM of the Flyers, is on the stage now, and Paul is probably just going crazy to see who his Philadelphia Flyers pick. But anyway, um, as we continue on, uh, can I yeah. mention one thing about the draft real quick? And I know we'll we'll, we'll recap it all tomorrow on the uh, Pro Hockey West report. But uh, I just saw this on social media. Adam Fantelli, who's a nice guy too, he's a nice kid too. But on his, he had his on his vest on the on the back on his lining there. You know, I'm all about the fashion, right? He had apparently he has the names of everybody that has helped him in his career to get to where he is, supposedly in like cursive and stuff. So yeah, that that's. that's cool. I mean, you've met the kid. I've I've seen him a couple of times. He is a class act uh, from start to finish. Okay, Keith Jones. So um, there's there's the new president of hockey operations, Keith Jones. Yeah, and Danny Briere making the announcement now who the uh, Philadelphia Flyers will pick. Anyway, um, you mentioned to me that there is a uh, new logo. I understand coming out 
from uh, for the, uh, the the tournament coming up in St. Louis. Yeah, it's a little bit different than the one they had before, but uh, it's it's got uh, you know it's got ACHA national championships on. It's got the little uh, arch at the bottom of the logo, and it's got a couple of horns on the on the sides there. Uh, oh, there's the uh, there's the pick there for uh, for the Flyers there. Uh, another Ru Russian guy, I think. Yeah, from the KHL only. I believe this one can actually come over here and play. I'm not sure about the other one, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was some question about whether this this guy will be able to come over because I think this guy's under contract for a couple more years or a few more years, and of course there's issues right now with Russia and and everything. So, uh, but that maybe, but we'll we'll wait on that. But yeah, this is a. Uh, so this is kind of cool. I always like to look at the logos, but the other thing about it is the dates and and we and the dates because these people on people's calendars is uh, March seventh through the seventeenth. It'll be over ten days, like it was a couple of years ago when it was in St. Louis, and uh, it will be, uh, yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be cool. It'll be earlier than than it was when it was in Boston, but that's that's the time frame. You know, it's kind of early to have it in beginning of March, but that's the uh, way it's gotta it's gotta do it um, because. Uh, they're going to be occupied with, I think the NCAA uh, regionals are going to be Correct. For, the, yep. uh, for, the, for the frozen uh, four tournaments. So um, that's, that's when they can. Okay. So you told me a couple of weeks ago, like, Oh, the, the Stanley cup's over now. Well, now what are we going to do for two, two months before the season gets going? Um, are you bored yet? Because uh, trades free agency starts on Saturday, the draft uh, announcements, schedules. Um, have well, you yeah, been planning yet at all on your schedule? Have you figured anything out? schedule for the summer no you got no summer <laughs> i'm talking about the game <laughs> schedule for next year have you been digging into that because i saw a few things on twitter where you're already making plans well i just i mean i was just throwing <laughs> stuff i was texting you stuff about like i you know be the uh the connor bedard uh show will begin in chicago well he'll be they'll start on the road but their first home game in with Bedard will be against the Vegas Golden Knights. So I thought, oh, that'd be kind of interesting to go to Chicago. And then, I, and then I also saw that the Raiders are in Chicago that same weekend to play the Bears. So what to talk about it. That would be uh, your weekend. Double, Just bring uh, your uh, parka. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just bring my parka. Exactly. And then uh, the other thing I was looking at was if the uh, Golden Knights or when the Golden Knights go to uh, Washington, D.C. to play the uh, the Capitals, I, I, I was thinking about this and whether they would get – uh, get an invite to the White House and and visit uh, the White House, the President of the United States, the First Lady, and all that. Usually, championship teams do get that invite to the uh, White House the following year, so that'd be kind of cool to to see that and get that security clearance. Get that security clearance and uh, and get in there and <laughs> and see my old pal, uh, see my old pal Joe. <laughs> I love it. Old pal, especially because he's he yeah, age, exactly. So that really applies. Well, our thanks to uh, to Caitlin Hogan, who is no relation, we found out to any of the Hogans, not Sean, not John, not Toppy, none of them. Um, but now we'll be but, related in the Arizona hockey yeah, world because she's now. A but part but of that's this. fitting that they would hire a Hogan. That's the only way that they would go about it. So, <laughs> yeah. anyway, our thanks to uh, to her for coming on and talking about the program. Best of luck as growth continues in the women's side of things. And you know we are the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty, but that also includes women's teams. So, um, the fiscal year starts up just a couple of days. If you want to jump on board, get your program out here, become a partner with us, by all means, reach out to me. We've got some great opportunities. Very, okay, not very, the most affordable way to market your program to thousands of hockey enthusiasts, players, coaches, fans. Just get on board with the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. We only have 30 spots that I can sell and make it fit. So uh, if we've got seven or eight gone already, uh, I'm doing the math. There's not a lot left. No, they're going fast. People need to uh, to get on that. But how about uh, how about uh, Mrs. Hogan though? She 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 we we threw a, a draft analysis question in there, and she was able to to get through that and was questioning that decision. So I guess if if she doesn't have anything else to do in the next year, in addition to preparing her program for uh, play next year. We can have her on as a guest analyst when we need to uh, break down something. At the, uh, I think she's got it. I mean, you've got. I mean, you you've got. Uh, you've got like three. You've got like fifty uh, NCA podcasts you do on a weekly basis. So. <laughs> fifty, <laughs> only three. On one of three. Those anyway, we'll remind people that yeah, tomorrow well. <laughs> night is the Pro Hockey West Report, and we will have a ton of stuff to talk about. So take it away, my friend.
From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Liberty University, bring your faith and your game to your to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu, Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. We keep you supplied with all of the gear you need all season long. University of Central Oklahoma, first-class experience on and off the ice. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, lunch, catering, dining in or out, or just getting our award-winning barbecue sauce. Uh, we're at, uh, well, we'll mention the Henderson location, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Of course, the Valley View location still uh, closed right now after their fire. We wish them well on that. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf, reserve a bay or a meeting room for your next corporate outing at topgolf.com. Adrian College, championship hockey culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos with Caesars Rewards. Members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org and become part of one of the West's most historic hockey programs. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in style. San Diego State Hockey. Sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top elite education at SDSU.com or SDSU.edu and SDSUHockey.com. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find one of our over 400 locations in 20 states nationwide. Oklahoma University Hockey. The action you crave only faster at OUHockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network and is live every week on the Podbean app and is available on your favorite podcast platform at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Again, search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review any of our podcasts to help others find the show. Very well done, my friend. And we will say a big thank you again to the new head coach at the um, University of Arizona women's program starting up next season. Caitlin Hogan for joining us. Steve and I will be back tomorrow with the Pro Hockey West Report with a ton of uh, professional hockey stuff to talk about. Have a good evening, everybody. Good night.